0: you okay. of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I am your host, Chris Eaton. Okay, um, I'm recording this little intro because, um, I kind of goofed a little bit uh, when I sat down to put the recorder to record what you're about to hear. Uh, So pretty much, uh, this past weekend was Stanley's Kamikaze out in Los Angeles uh, over the Halloween weekend. Now, on Halloween itself, uh, Jessica and I had a little panel we talked about in, uh, our last episode, where we got to sit down with Mr. Ryoe Kitamura, uh, director extraordinaire, director of such films as Versus, Live, Izumi, uh, Lupin the Third, Midnight Meat Train, and if you're listening to this most famously, Godzilla Final Wars. Um, We did this panel in lieu of doing our normal live podcast that we've been doing for the last few years there, and, uh, but as Jessica, who set it up, you know, was like, we could do this, or we could do the panel. I'm like, <laughs> scrub the panel, we're going to do this. So, um, I've made it very clear I'm a rather large fan of Mr. Kipton Moore's work. I know in the annuals of our fandom, especially Godzilla, uh, Final Wars is a very dividing film. Some people absolutely love it, uh, and a lot of people absolutely hate it. I don't happen to be one of those people. I happen to be someone who genuinely loves Final Wars. Um, especially for the fact that it's it's it dares to be something different without trying to be too different. I mean, it's not like the uh, the Emmerich film where it's just you know Godzilla name only. Like it's it's a updated show of film in my opinion, especially the seventy style, which which will um you'll you'll hear a little bit uh, in in the interview that um the panel we did so. What you're going to hear now is pretty much 85% of the panel. Um, there was Where we're going to come in at was uh, right after um, Mr. Kittemur's people aired a nice little highlight reel, which is beautifully done. It was made specifically for the panel, so um, unless they released it somewhere else, yeah, you had to be there to see it. It was masterfully done. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of... Jump right in right after that moment, and uh, listen as uh, we chit chat for uh, you know a good forty five minutes with uh, director Ryue Kitamura. Come on!
1: Oh yeah. my goodness! That sure. Good. That's um, fifteen years of my life in three and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an
0: awesome three and a half minutes, though.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yes. So to go way back, how did you first get involved? In the film industry,
1: I um I grew up watching movie. I didn't even when I was like you know seven, eight, nine, ten. I didn't even go to school. I was just uh, spending my time in movie theater. My dad was, you know, kind of crazy guy. He didn't really believe in a school teaching system, so <laughs> <laughs> he kind of left me alone, so that I just I go to movie theaters. And those days, you know, I mean, you can just you know. Go into the one theater then come out and you know (laughs) skip into the next one and you you can just stay as long as you want we've all done uh, that you know (laughs) and so i seriously i was like uh spending all day at the film uh, a movie theater and when the final show ends around 9 p.m my dad come to pick me up and then we go to dinner so that was my life so uh movie was, to me, kind of like my parents, my friends, and my school. So, you know, it, it was natural for me to, when I was like 17, I, it was natural for me. What I wanted to do with my life, and uh, I just, you know, to me, life is always like a gamble, so, you know, you just have to keep on betting until you win. So, uh, <laughs> I thought that uh, become a film director, I had the biggest chance. So, I... Uh,
0: now, you actually you went to film school in Australia, of all places. Did you not?
1: Yes, because I was a huge fan of Mad Max and uh, <laughs> Highlander, Russell Marquet, you know, Duran Duran Music Video, an Australian cool rock band, going XS, and New Zealand band, Crowded House, so, you know, and, of course, you know, Men Out of Work, Call Me Hey, so, you uh, <laughs> I go down under. <laughs> and that was like almost like 30 years ago. 30 years ago, Australia was like a full of land of mystery. Mm-hmm. Not, not as popular as these days. So uh, it was still fun. And I thought that uh, when I go to Australia and go to film school, everybody, all the students, would be like me. You know? And so I did, and I went to the film school, and I found out that uh, like 99% of the students in my classmate, they were making this short movie about... A girl wants to commit suicide or something like that. So, like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is the land of Mad Max, and you guys want to make this movie about depressed girls want to commit suicide? I mean, come on, what's wrong with you, people? So, I was the only one doing, you know, these crazy things, you know, crazy action and zombies and that shit. So, uh. (laughs) So
0: like, when you showed up, were you, like, where's all the gimp masks and, uh, you know, the the lack of uh, gasoline and everything like that? It's a joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah. it really shows, I mean, that, that's the beautiful thing about your films, like, uh, especially, uh, well, your, I would say your breakout film versus. It's a, it's a Japanese film, but it does not feel like a Japanese film at all. It feels like a old school 80s action film in, in, in the most sincere way. And, and that's something you rarely see, like, out of Japan, either. So, I mean, now, the, the fact that you, I mean, obviously you said, like, Australian films, and I take it American films as well, were a lot of your uh, your upbringing. You put a lot of that into your uh, into your own work.
1: Yes, and, um, you know, when I made Versus, I was, like, uh, 27, 28, 29. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling to get into the industry. I mean, it's tough industry anywhere in the world, but especially in Japan, it's very tough because Japanese film industry don't have much money, like Hollywood, and you know, they don't somehow they don't believe in entertainment. You know, in, in Japan, movie was more like a, more like I don't know, I mean, like a drama kind of things, and so I basically went to knocking like. 150 producers and directors and studios and companies. I basically went to everywhere with my um, 50 minutes short uh, movie I made. I did with three thousand dollars called Down to Hell, which is a zombie horror action movie. And I thought that uh, you know, come on, we can do this with three thousand dollars, and we're all amateur. And I thought that you know, my ability was very obvious. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, and everybody ignored me. So uh, you know. And they kept on telling me that, you know, you know, kid, this is no Hollywood. We don't have big money, you know, and this is no Hong Kong. We don't have any action stuff. So Japan, we don't make action movie. So I was like, really? I mean, we were the one making cool samurai movie back in sixties and seventies. And what are you, what are you talking about? But somehow, nobody, you know, believed in that. So uh, my only way to do it is like I just had to do it on my own. So um, I ignored everything that, you know, all this negativity from all the producers or studios or everybody, you know. It was 100% negativity from Japanese film industry. So the uh, only way to, me to, do, to do is, you know, I just had to have faith in myself. And I got huge influence from, like I said, Hollywood movies, Australian movies, especially from the 70s and 80s. I still believe, you know, 80s are the golden age of. Music and cinema. So, um, I think a lot of people
0: here agree with that. Yes,
1: but uh, I' not kind of you know director who just wants to do the retro you know feeling. So, you know, yes, I got a few you know huge influence from eighties movies, but you know, what's the point of doing exactly like the eighties way? So, uh, I just wanted to do find a way, my way to do it. You know, how to get all those influence and just make this greatest hits kind of movie. So I simply put everything I like. You know, samurai, zombies, gangsters, kung fu, everything. <laughs> and somehow that movie worked. So uh, that, that movie changed my life.
0: It very much is a, for you know, lack of a better term, a kitchen sink movie. I mean, you have everything. Like, there's something for everybody in here who loves action cinema. Um, and you were saying though there's no action stars. You actually went out and made your own action star with this film as well, with uh, T- uh, Sakeguchi, I believe is his name, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's... Can you clarify this? There's an internet rumor that you found him on the streets fighting, and you're like, Kid, you need to be in the movies. Is there any truth to that?
1: Kind of like that. Kind yeah. of like that. that. This kid was, you know, um, doing this, uh, the real fight club thing mm-hmm. in Shinjuku, which is a yes. very bad area. Mm-hmm. Right? And so all the bikers and gangsters, and in Japan, uh, we, we used to call them teamers. So they just, you know, have their soldiers and <laughs> do this crazy real flight craft thing. And I don't know if it's true or not, but the tax said that, you know, he never lost a flight and he had a record of uh, 22 wins win. And uh, people called him uh, White Wolf of Shinjuku.
2: Oh. <laughs> but, you know,
1: that guy's full, full of lies, so I don't, I, I don't him, <laughs> but uh, that's what he said. So anyway, so... <laughs> I mean, that's almost a movie in its own right there. Yes, yeah, so, so I told him that you know, hey, I mean, how old are you? And he said, I'm 24. So he, when you're 24, you don't you don't just go out there and beating up people. And he said, what's wrong with beating up people? So like, yeah, in 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 a normal life, it's not that good. So what what if I, you know, I say I'll let you beat up 100 people, you know, in my movie. And he was like, that sounds exciting. So like, that's how it <laughs> He's a crazy kid, anyway. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like 15 years ago, and still crazy. He, you know, he's still crazy. He never grows up. So, <laughs> that's what he is.
2: Is there any films that you've... Any American film that you've seen and you think to yourself, I could remake that and make it better?
1: That's the hard one, you know. You know, everybody is all the time. It doesn't matter, in you know, Hollywood or Japan. Everybody's always doing this remake thing, right? And I personally don't believe in that much in that, you know, because you can't really win, right? The only, only, I don't know, I mean, only movie I want to, if I want to remake is like, you know, the original movie had great moment, but the movie itself is not that great. That's the only movie, you know, if I want to ever do the remake, but uh, I don't know, I mean, that's, that's, that's hard. Because the those classic movies that they, everybody wants to see the remake is you know that movie only worked you know that time you know
2: which movie was it No, no, oh, I mean, oh, I'm not, I'm not oh, talking movie. about that.
1: I thought you
2: had a specific no, no. movie. Like you know, me.
1: I I know that uh, I, I actually read the script. I, I'm I'm pretty sure there will be like you know there's like ten or fifteen script out there, but uh, I read the script of the remake of the Escape from New York. Really, that script was great. I've never read that and I wasn't expecting, you know, I was like, when the agent sent me you know, years ago, I was like, really? I mean, why do you want to touch the classic? But uh, when I read the script, you know, I, I get it, you know, because the only thing, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, Escape from New York, that's a masterpiece classic, you know, I, you know, 100% respect, but maybe only thing missing was maybe the scale, big action, because that movie was not the big And this script I read, well, had that, you know, kept, you know, that that totally, you know, the same tone, but with much bigger scale, which makes sense. So that script I was like blown away. But that's a mystery I found about uh, Hollywood is like, um, you know, because the agent and my manager sent me tons of script, right? And there's like tons of great, ready to go script out there. But always, always, the movie they actually made is based on the shitty script. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> why. Why? Why? Are you, why? Are you bring like this script when you have this great script? Right? Is,
0: is it a matter of like you know someone wrote this great like spec script or great script, and then when the they're like here you know we sent it to you know director A and he's like yeah this is good but I have my own notes. Is it, some, it would, Do you find something like that like akin to that like someone like another voice gets in there and kind of muddles it?
1: Maybe I mean Hollywood is you know actually I mean the movie making is you know full of voices and you know I'm not I'm not complaining about that you know, mm-hmm. because you know it's not like movie, movie is not the pure art you know yeah. if it's a pure art you know you just have your your pen or you know your pencil and you just draw that's a pure art mm-hmm. right to make movie you need tons of money so um, and it's a business so um, I understand you know you have to somehow figure out you know the way to survive. To distinct millions of voices, but um, I don't know why, that's not, all, that's not the reason, but uh, I don't understand why they're not making that Escape from New York script, and I'm pretty sure if somebody's doing it now, it's not that script I read, you know, so, like, uh, that's a mystery, but, uh, you know, something like that I understand, you know, to do the remake, you know, but even, even though you do that, you know, that was a huge fight I had to go through with my producers when they did this movie called No One Lives. No One Lives had this very 80s feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, this one line. Very Carpenter-esque. Yes. But, uh, you know, this one line, you know, somehow, I don't know if it's true or not, but the producer's studio thinks that one line movie doesn't work these days. So it was like... Well, you green lit the script with full of one line, and it's a fun movie, and you just want to take out all the one line. Then why are you even making this movie, right? But that's that's the fight I have to always. So of course, you know, movie like Escape from New York, it's all about cool, you know, Snake Friskin's cool one line, right? But somehow, I don't know, maybe they're right. That kind of movie don't work these days. You know, it, it worked great back in 1981, but uh, you know, maybe not. So. Uh, that's why remaking movie is very, you know, dicey for me.
0: Now, you versus got you on the map, and you did a few uh, like, you know, bigger budget films, but they were still rather low budget. Then you got the zooming,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: which was, I believe, a Toho film, was it not?
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: how did that come about?
1: That was a, it, it was a Toho movie, but it was more this legendary producer Mata Yamamoto's movie. Mm-hmm. Mata Yamamoto is the only Japanese crazy producer who actually made a movie with uh, George Lucas and Francis Coppola. He made a movie called Mishima, which was a great movie. Mm -hmm. And he also made a movie with Coppola called Wind. It's an America's copy art movie. Mm -hmm. So um, not many Japanese producers did that kind of thing. So uh, he's kind of a living legend. And uh, he saw Versus at the Tiny Film Festival. And right after the the screening, he came to me and uh, we just kept on talking and drinking. And I didn't even know about who, who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my party and me and my cast and I, I thought that, that was a night um, Sandy Chibo was there and Chicky Khalil, mm. the great actor from Nikita. Oh, yeah. you know, he was there and they all love the movie, so they came to my party and uh, we were just, you know, drinking, talking and you know, somebody bringing in the guitar and we would start singing. Then this, this guy who was, you know, sitting in a bag and came, you know, coming towards to me, you know, and after five hours, he was like sitting here and he was just acting as if this was his body. So <laughs> after five, five hours and I was drunk so I couldn't stand. So I was like, hey, hey, I, I think this is my body, you know. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And he gave me the, my, the card. And I was like, oh, my God. This is the guy made Mishima. <laughs> so we started talking. Them and when went as the sound. And that was very surreal. So we, we were in this, you know, tiny karaoke bar in Hokkaido. Hokkaido is the northern part of, you know. And it was, like, full of snow. It was like 5, 5.30, 6 a.m. and the sun was coming up and one of the best versus cast was singing this crazy karaoke. And this crazy producer said, like, you know, hey, you know, I watch your movie and, you know, I, I love your work. So you, you you have to do my movie. And I asked him, what, what is it? And I mean, that was Azumi. And I was a huge fan of the, you know, the comic book. So, um, of course, you know. And so, uh, you know, that, that was my uh, major big movie in Japan
0: was your first, like, yeah. Those your first dip into the uh, into the big league toe, the big league pool, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you? I, I recently saw your name pop up in Variety, and is there a future project that you can talk about? Because I, I, what I know is from the article that I've read regarding Vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be a supernatural horror film that will take place regarding the Queen Mary over mm-hmm. at the Long Beach. Is there? But you know, it was an article that mentioned your name. It didn't go into too much detail. But there's there, is there anything that you can tell us for the people that are here? They're like, oh, we get to hear it first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, that, no. That 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 is obviously my uh, next movie, which we will go into pre-production next month. I'm very excited, and you know, it, it's that, that's the mysterious thing about this industry and Hollywood. You know, there is like a I have like. Almost like twenty projects. I'm attached to it, yeah. and <laughs> some of them I wrote the script. You know, developed the script. But you know, you never know. You never know when it's gonna go right. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year, because I was uh, I was back in Asia for the past three years doing this movie, you know, Lupin the Third, and I came back early this year, and you know, I was ready to dive into this project this action horror project i've been developing for 3 years right then you know somehow for whatever the reason know we had the money we had the script but uh, some for whatever the reason didn't go then suddenly it was like a just like a couple months ago you know uh, i was at the hurricane harbor <laughs> <laughs> You know, ready to dive into the the sliders and the swimming pool. That's when my manager called me and said that, you know, hey, your your buddy Gary Doberman, you know, he wrote the script. And Gary Doberman became, you know, he's my good friend, but he became like a rock star because he wrote Annabelle last year. And that was the biggest, you know, hit horror movie last year. So, on. So your buddy Gary Doberman wrote the script about the Queen Mary. And really? And, you know, and when I was 10. I told you that, you know, I grew up in a movie theater, right? My favorite movie is this movie called Raise the Titanic. That was before, you know, James Cameron of whoever finds the Titanic. So, uh, that was, Titanic was full of mystery. So, um, this was the movie about uh, raising the Titanic. And it was a great movie. I know. So, ever since I watched that movie, you know, I'm haunted by these you know, giant ships. So, you know, when you begin with, you know, Titanic, of course, you go to Queen Elizabeth. Then, go to Queen Mary. And Queen Mary has the most interesting, you know, history, you know, both, you know, good and bad, you know. So, um, it was natural. It's like, wow, you know, he wrote the script of Queen Mary, and uh, but uh, I didn't believe that. You know, how, how, how can you come up with the script, you know? I'm not going to do this, you know, some, you know, TV crew or amateur independent filmmaker goes into Queen Mary to you know capture the ghost and you know <laughs> no I'm not I'm not that kind of guy so like no I'm not interested in that but but uh, then my manager told me that Gary Doveman wrote the script so I was like all right, send me the script so I read the script and uh, it was very really, you know and I called him right away I said wow you actually came up with the character the story so I read the script next day I went actually went down to Green Mary and I you know, take the tour, walk around, and next day I call my managers and yeah, yeah, I'm in. So uh, then I met the producer. So it's when it happens, it happens like that. So um, so we're doing it right now. So uh, we're polishing the script right now, and we will start in pre-production next month and start shooting early next year. So that's very exciting. It's kind of like a shining meets silent hell. Oh, yeah, and that, 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 that was the reason, you know, I decided to do it. The biggest reason is, of course, you know, Gary Doberman, you know, I am facing that guy and Queen Mary, and we actually gonna shoot everything in actual Queen Mary. that's, that's you know, that's very beautiful things as a filmmaker, and you know. So, um, and the other thing is, you know, I'm not the kind of the guy who gets afraid. That's why all my m- movie, as you can see, you know, even the serial killer or zombie, they don't get afraid. They just keep on fighting, right? <laughs> so uh, this is the first time, you know, I'm going to shut down my fighter's instinct and I'm going to make the scary movie. Oh, so that's a awesome. challenging for me.
0: So, speaking of Konami... You did the cutscenes for a little game called Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you explain how that came about?
1: That's uh, I'm a huge fan of you know Hideo Kojima, who is my very good friend, very special friend, and um, my first uh, Koji- Hideo Kojima experience was this called uh, game called Snatcher. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. That was back in the, before the PlayStation or you know, Nintendo. That was a you know a computer game. So uh, I, since that game, you know, I was a huge fan of Hideo Kojima, and then Hideo Kojima came to see the screening of versus. You know, we were doing the press screening, and somebody called me. And said like, "Hey, guess what? You know, Hideo Kojima is watching versus." Like, really? So you know, I canceled whatever I was doing, and I went back to I went to the cinema theater, and you know, Hideo came out, and that was the first time we met. And uh, then we started hanging out, and went to dinner together, went to karaoke together, and um, <laughs> then after he watched my second movie, which was my first professional movie called Alive. Alive he came to the school, of course I invited him to the first screening and he was blown away. And said like, you know, I have to hire you before you get too expensive. And uh, he offered me to do the casting of uh, Metal Gear Solid. You know. And that time I was super busy because I was prepping this Azumi, but uh, you know, if somebody asks you to do Metal Gear Solid, how can you say no? So, uh, of course, you know, I directed like uh, four hours <laughs> it was the same same effort as the making yeah. movie, and it was four hours movie sequence. And uh, I'm very proud of it.
0: Did they use, Was it mocap, or was it you were just like boarding? And- no, no, no. It, it was a mocap. Mocap.
1: Oh, wow. It, it was a mocap. So you know, we did you know tons of storyboard, and then the mocap. And when, whenever I was doing the mocap video, you know, just comes. And he's a super busy guy, right? So he comes, you know, like thirty minutes before lunchtime. Mm-hmm. He watched me working, and then we just have lunch together, talking about you know me and Hideo, We we can talk like months about just about our books and <laughs> movies. And, so that was that was a fun experience.
2: So, and we're probably going to address right now what everyone's it's it's on your mind. I know it. Godzilla Final Wars. So there was such a loud applause when that came up on the uh, on the demo reel. There's, I mean, Chris can jump in any time. You have, you have so many. Your face is just <laughs> teeming with questions with this. But I, I do want to know, do you ever, because that's kind of the real, that's where I know you from, and I watch that movie ten times a year. Uh, do you ever, how do you feel when people are still coming up to you, still giving you Godzilla, Final War, things to sign? Is it something nostalgic? I I know many talents who are like, oh, it's old. I want them to talk about something new. And some are very excited. Like, thank you for still thinking about it and remembering it, even though it's been so many years.
1: No, it's just a pure fun and honor, you know, to have the t- chance to do the Godzilla movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everything everything about that, making the movie is just beautiful memory for me. So, you know, I'm happy to talk about, you know, the movie.
2: Oh, I thought Chris was going to jump well, in with a question. Got
0: a, he's been kind
1: of... Um, Speaking of Godzilla, what did you think of the uh, 2004 Legendary
2: Pictures film? Oh, the 2014 one, yes. yes, yes, the last one. Did you see the Legendary 2014 one? Oh, oh, You're oh, like, of course, oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> what did you think about it?
1: <laughs> no, no, I thought it was it was very well done. You know, I mean, I was I was in Korea that day and doing the post production with Lupin on the Third, and always, always, you know, Korea is the country. You know, they they open as same day as US. In Japan, you have to wait. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I don't like. So I was in Korea. So you know, of course, you know, on the opening night, I went there and I watched it. And then, no, it was uh, it was very well done. And I, I thought that you know, if you make uh, Godzilla movie, you know, 2014, you know, that's 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 the right way to. That's the only way to do it. So um, yeah.
0: now I'm excited because they want to bring they want to bring. Uh this one they created mo- their own monsters, but I've heard <coughs> in the sequel they want to bring uh,
1: more of the familiar villains like uh, Rodan,
2: King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, ask away, Chris. Okay. This okay. is
0: so. How did uh, Final Wars come about for you? Um, because it is, it. it I mean, in Japan. It's Godzilla. It's it's it's, uh, it's pretty much it's life. Over there.
1: Mm-hmm. no that was uh, actually the day uh, opening day of Azumi mm-hmm. you know we had a big day and the opening of the Azumi right after the Azumi uh, I was you know after party or something you know I was uh, having coffee with this Toho boss mm-hmm. you know and uh, he said that uh, you know after this movie, you know, you you have to go bigger. So, mm-hmm. only thing I can offer is Godzilla. So,
0: anniversary one, two of them all.
1: So, all yeah. Right, so, um, yeah. There's there's nothing nothing bigger than Godzilla. So, <laughs> I was uh, no, I was surprised that um, <clears throat> somebody, you know, thought about me doing the Godzilla movie. But, uh, you know, I appreciate it, and I said, eh, of course, I'm gonna do it. I'm in. So, um, you know, that was that was a fun process. So uh, yes, I was told to do Godzilla movie on the opening night of Azumi, but uh, I had to do this movie called Sky High right after Azumi. So um, while while I was doing Sky High, you know, we, me, producer and the writer sit in the one room, and you know, we started brainstorm. What is what is what is the mm-hmm. final? And you know, of course, you know, I, I know producers, you know. They're liars, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, they're, they're, they're liars, you know. Uh, so uh, I know that it's, it's it's a it's a full of lie. But uh, at least <laughs> eleven years ago, they said that this is the final Godzilla, and this was a fiftieth anniversary. So what we do for the grand finale of the Godzilla fifty years? It's it's, it's older than me, right? So. Uh, what can we do, you know, what kind of the concept, what is the storyline, and that was the hard part to figure out, but,
2: um, you know,
1: but I knew, I felt good because this producer Tomiyama-san, I mean, he, he was the guy, you mm-hmm. know, who was being producing Godzilla, so as long as me and he and Z sync, you know, we don't get off the rails too much. So uh, we came, but the uh, only thing, the thing I knew from the beginning was like, you know, we want to do something big. Which is very rare opportunity in Japan. Oh, yeah. When the producer of studio tell you we wanna do big, that's very rare, you know. So uh okay if we go big, then I said this time the battlefield is entire planet. Mm-hmm. So like and go so to gonna just fight all the famous monsters and just beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> that was a concept I came up with. And then, you know, the question is how, right? So uh, Godzilla is very, uh, you know, difficult character. It's not pure evil, right? But it's not really superhero. But you know, uh, we have all, all the fans all over the world have this mixed emotion about you know which Godzilla is your favorite, right? And of course, the first one that was like a serious movie, and Godzilla was like a, you know, a villain, right? But uh, like my favorite is uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Like a, that's like a fun, the, the, fun. The
0: seventy four one. Yeah. Ah yes. That's,
1: <laughs> that, that's more like you know, fun movie, and that that I'm that generation.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So um, and the producer studio, they nobody wanted to make you know dark serious version of Godzilla for the grand finale. So like okay, then let's let's make this you know this you know, happy kind of feeling, but still exciting movie. So um. That's, that's how we came up with the story. So what if this, you know, alien, Exilion, which is also from the old movies, you know. So Exilion comes to Earth and take control of the monsters and start harvesting human. And they control all the monsters, but, you know, only monster they can't control is the Godzilla. So Godzilla doesn't really care about the human, you know, humans or the planet, but uh, he just doesn't like you know, other monsters picking a fight on him. So uh, that that's how we came up with the concept of Godzilla versus all the famous monsters.
0: And how did the uh, the Earth Defense Force, the, the mutants, come into that? It was uh, when did that concept come in?
1: Because when we decided to do that, you know, aliens and near future, you know, this most of the uh, Japanese Godzilla movie is like Japanese self defense you know, force fights back, right? Yeah. So I just thought like, you know, isn't it better that, you know, to make it a little bit more sci-fi mm-hmm. yeah, and like, like Earth Defense Force, you know, so that we have the freedom to, you know, bring in more than cool mechanics and weapons and soldiers. So, uh, and all those, you know, the, the cool, the battleship and the costume is designed by a Metal Gear designer. Shinkawa, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was working, you awesome. know, they they are like because I was working in the Metal Gear at the same time, so uh, they were like my family, so they were very, you know, kind mm-hmm. to collaborate. So, uh, but if you just decided that it's a Japanese self defense force, you have to be realistic, mm-hmm. which is not really my style, mm-hmm. you know, when I was making that movie.
0: So, uh, so pretty much you added because the beauty about what I love about Final Wars is the fact that this is the first time that. People aren't just like looking off to the sides like, wow, they're just destroying stuff. Like you actually give the human elements something to do. And, you know, it's the first time there's actually like real heavy fighting action going on. And that's that what immediately sets that apart. Um, the cast is a very unique cast as well. I mean, you guys made a, I mean, Final Wars is a very much a, a love letter to all the Toho films. I mean, there's oddball references all the way through, like Gorath and stuff like that. But when you get to, like, when you're making characters like Captain Gordon, how does that come about? With, uh, especially with uh, pulling in Don Frye.
1: That was like, you know, I mean, every movie I make, you know, I believe that it's, it's that tough balance you have to have, you know. Like I said, the movie is not the pure art. It's a business, entertainment, so, no. But I don't want to be the director who don't have my stand-on, my family right? Okay. I mean... Mm-hmm. I mean, Hollywood, you know, they have these, you know, great, you know, second unit director great VFX. If we have the great second unit director, editor, you know, VFX supervisor, to be honest, you know, director can be anybody. Yeah. You know, they did. You know, and if you have the script and great you know, star, you know, director can be anybody, right? But I'm not that kind of director. You know, good or bad, and I feel like I want to put my stamp. So, every movie, even the loop on the third, you know, I try. To put my stamp and then my my soul into it, then you know naturally those those characters become more and more like me. Mm-hmm. Even when we were doing Lupin the Sarah the, the star Shun who plays a Lupin, he was asking me like, "I feel like I'm becoming more and more like you." <laughs> so uh, that's what happened. So that Captain Golden is the guy came up with the crazy idea. Let's wake up Godzilla. That's the only that's the ultimate weapon we had. So. Uh, to make that story and character work, you have to have the strong character, right? So, uh, of course, we started thinking from you know the Japanese you know actors, great actors. But then we all knew that you know I want to make more international movies. So let's you know let's let's go out from the box, thinking about you know the Japanese actor. First person we uh, we approached was uh, actually John Leno. Because uh, Akira Takarada, who is a huge star in, mm-hmm. in the movie, he said that, you know, he met John Reno, like, years ago, and they made a promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I when I go back into the Godzilla movie, you know, you have to come back, and he said that John Reno said yes. So, like, okay, uh, you know, the movie stars, <laughs> but <laughs> we approached him anyway, <laughs> but of course we couldn't get him. <laughs> then the next person we approached was uh, Don Johnson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Then Don Johnson asked a lot of money. So like, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Insane amount of money. He wasn't money.
0: rocking that Nash Bridges money at that time. So you would think, to like, oh, we'll go to Japan and do a Godzilla movie. Uh, yeah,
1: but uh, you know, uh, the, the money he asked was, like, way too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, then who, who else? Then <laughs> we thought about Sanichiba, oh, <laughs> my friend. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure Sunny asked uh, even more than yeah. Don Johnson. So uh, none of these none of works, right? Then we thought about, of course, my favorite, Christopher Lambert, you know, Highlander guy. So, uh, But none of this works, and uh, we just had to help somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. We can't take forever, like Hollywood movie, right? So uh, because I'm a huge, you know, mixed martial arts boxing fan, so I thought, like, why don't we just go for a fighter, you know. And Don Fry was the guy, you know. Because I knew that you know the way that Don Fry always you know walks to the ring, get up to the ring, and you know the way he turns when his name is called, and the way he hides. You know, I just knew that you know whoever can do this, you know, he can act. Mm-hmm. So uh, I approached to him and I took him out to this uh, Japanese you know barbecue place, and that guy eats a lot. <laughs> that guy eats like this big steak. 7 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, so, so I was like, oh my god! I mean, I I have to I have to buy him this <laughs> crazy dinner. But uh, <laughs> so uh, I feed him tons of you know, <laughs> attack him with the uh, expensive Japanese barbecue, and he was like, you know, Ryuhi-san, why, why do you think I can? I never done acting, You know, what do you think? Well, I, I basically said the same thing. You know, the way you walk into the ring and the way you turn. You know, just come on. You know. I'm facing you, so just trust me, I know you can do it, you know, just shut up and just keep on eating. And (laughs) (laughs) by the end of the dinner, he he couldn't, you know, I I left him no escape, so you're doing this with me and, you know, he's still my good friend and a great guy.
0: You actually, you had him fight Tackle at the end of the film too, was that like an impromptu thing or was that like something like, I got these two guys, why waste this opportunity? Of course,
1: that's, uh, yes. (laughs) And not, not only them, you know, the, all those other mutant soldiers, you know, I just you know gathered all those, you know, the fighters mm-hmm. from all over the Japan, so uh,
0: You just go on the pride lock, yes. you. like, you, you want to come, you want to come, like pretty much anyone who was willing to show
1: up? Yeah, and even, you know, the other guy, you know, Masakatsu Funaki, mm-hmm. you know, Masakatsu Funaki is the guy, this legendary Japanese uh, fighter who fought against Hicks and Gracie who never lost, you know. And I think, you know, Masakatsu was the he, he fought the best against this you know Gracie so you know I cast him as well so in Japan you know when you're making a movie you call my team you know kumi kumi means clan so when i make movie everybody call kitamura gumi right? then they also call all those yakuza clan Kumi. yamaguchi gumi is the biggest yakuza in japan right so they, they were calling me, you know, Kitamura Gumi, which is normal. but the, So everybody, when we were shooting in a Tokyo studio, you know, all those fighters going into the studio, and they said, like, I think this Kitamura Gumi is the, the strongest clan, <laughs> Yakuza clan in Japan right now. And I was like, yeah, I, I have a feeling, you know, <laughs> there's no other Kumi can beat us. So uh, it was fun. I think, guys? I think
0: we got a few minutes. Yeah, we have a questions. couple minutes
2: uh, for questions. I'm going to go with the guy in the, uh, the yellow, shirt yellow shirt and shirt. then Yihu. Yes.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if uh, you're entertaining thoughts about taking other uh, iconic uh, media franchises from Japan, like, say, Gundam or Bakuros um, uh, or something like that. and
1: Putting your, your Titanic before live action film? Yes, if the the, the timing and you know uh, I mean yes I, I'm a big fan of Gundam and, uh, and actually I'm um, I'm having a meeting next week with I I can't say it but uh, something that uh, it's one of the biggest franchise in Japan but nobody expects <laughs> that I'm doing it. <laughs> it's on like a Gundam or you know so uh, I don't know this is a Hollywood producer who wants to do it and. Uh, I'm not sure if I can clear the rights. I mean, the, always the problem is, you know, getting the rights, you know, because the Japanese and the Americans, you know, th- we have different way of thinking, different, you know, culture, and uh, it's extremely hard, you know. I did that, you know, in the past in a couple of the projects, but uh, just, you know, in the, in the, getting the middle and, you know, I, because I understand both, you know, sides of the story, but uh, to find the, the point, post-compromise. That's not easy. So uh, I'm not a big fan of doing it because life is too short. I prefer to just make a movie, you know. But uh, yes, I'm working on that tray. I'm working on this one giant franchise right now. So uh, we'll see.
2: And yes, we had your question. Yeah. I, uh, since
0: you worked with uh, Hideo Kochi, uh, do you would you consider working with them on some
1: Maybe I mean yes. I mean it, it, it is sad, but uh, I'm kind of happy that he finally left Konami. You know that that's what I've been telling him. You know, since 12 years ago. You know. Why, yes, I love Metal Gear, but you know, are you gonna keep on doing this until end of your life? I mean, you know. So I'm actually happy that he finally left the company and starting his own. So uh, I don't know what he's doing, and even though I know, I can't tell, right? <laughs> I mean, Hideo Kojima fans, Metal Gear fans are hardcore than my fans, you know, they just Twitter everything, right? So don't Twitter anything, but, uh, no, uh, <laughs> actually, if you're a hardcore fan, you know, there there is this uh, video on the YouTube, right, that Hideo came to L.A., you know, two months ago, and I was with him, I, I, I'm the one, you know, shot, shot that video yep. with him, so, uh, so, uh, me and Hideo is, uh, we're a very good friends, and it's not that easy to work with him. He's extremely genius, you know. I mean, extremely genius, that guy. So, uh, you know, I need to catch up with him. But uh, <laughs> I still think that, you know, I'm one of the few people, you know, who can catch up with that guy, you know. We, we, we watch all movies and the books. I, I never met somebody who watched more movies than I am or read more books than I am. And he always, I, I don't know, maybe only one. So we were always, always, like, a, kind of like competing each other. Hey, Hideo, do you know this book? And if, if he says no, then, hi, what are you doing? You don't know this book? So I buy, I Amazon, I send it to him. <laughs> then he does the same, right, you know? And so, um, no, it's, a, it's a, he's a very special friend of me, and uh, I'm sure one day we will do something together, hopefully. So. Mm-hmm. we got time for we, a few more questions.
2: Yeah, to, Yes, we'll do the lady and the gentleman.
1: American action film, I mean, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, it's just too many. But uh, right now, Commando, that's the best. (laughs) Commando is, I believe, that's that's the the, the real non-stop movie. Compared to that, (laughs) you know, nothing is non-stop. I mean, Commando, I mean, you know. The Schwarzenegger, you know. It's the king what the what world is world. going on? No. <laughs> 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 Shut up. No. Kill, kill, kill. I mean, I love that, buddy. Love that, buddy.
0: And then, sir?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: not not really that's that, that's a that's a good and bad side of me you know i don't really get influence from japanese movie more from the american movie and australian movie and um, but um I do, you know, I did I did this kendo, Japanese, you know, sword fight myself, and karate, all that kind of thing. So I believe that, you know, I understand more than most of the Japanese these days about this, you know, what is this, you know, Call of honor, samurai, and that's what I always try to keep in my movie. And of course, you know, I've seen, you know, great movie from you know, Akira Kurosawa, of course, you know, uh, Shogun Assassins, you know, <laughs> Baby Card Shogun Assassins. That's one of the the movie I got influenced when I was making versus. Because you know, yeah, those days, you know, Jap- Japanese movies were cutting edge, and they were doing this over the top crazy action movie. So, you know, sad thing is they don't do it anymore. But uh, you know, so um, yes, I got influence from all those '70s, '60s, you know, samurai movies. But uh, mainly, I got influence from more from American directors or Australian director. And uh, you okay, <laughs> the big and I think that's also makes my style a little bit unique is um, yes I got influence from Sam Raimi, James Cameron, but uh, I got huge influence from uh, Peter Weir, the Seren character. Dali is my, my one of my favorite movies and Peter Weir is the, one of the few directors who never fail to me. You know, all, every single movie he does is very special to me and uh, that poetic feeling, that emotional that's how, you know, that, that's the most important thing I got influenced from Peter Weiss's movie, and I, even though I'm making this, you know, the human eater, uh, subway movie, or the zombie movie, I always try to keep that kind of emotion, philosophy, the you know, poetic feeling, so. Um, All right, well,
0: I yeah. believe that's gonna do it for this panel. Thank you, Smith, uh, thank you so much, Mr. Kumar, for coming out. Thank, and, you. Uh,
2: giving us yeah, thank you. Thank you for everyone thank for coming you. out.
0: Thank so, uh, uh, you. Any, any final words? Any final words, uh,
2: I to talk. <laughs> so to this is how excited he is i mean i don't know if you guys want to have pictures or anything signed that will be up to him after your schedule that's, that's, that's after fine. this panel yes. he says it's fine <laughs> and so you guys feel free to come up and speak to him and talk to him so yay definitely thank you thank you, thank you so much thank you well
0: there you have it people that is the panel with the great rioi kitamura i would like to thank mr kitamura for coming out and uh giving us some of his time. He's a, he is a busy man, so he is prepping a uh, new movie. Hopefully we, uh, we're we hoping to maybe chat with him soon about that. Uh, i also like to send a big thanks to his assistant, Kazuki, who made all this possible. Without him, none of this would have happened. So massive props out to him. Uh, as always, you can find more of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. You could find us on PanzerCrush.com. And you can find us on Facebook at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast, as well as Tumblr, and on Twitter, just the Kai, uh, Kaiju Kingdom. Uh, you can find more Jessica's work over at LittleGeekGirls.com and GirlAndGeek.com, and of course, you can find more of my work over at TheRealmCast.com, where I do a lot of write-ups and uh, a myriad of other podcasts, which you can find there. And also on iTunes as well. Just look up the Realmcast. Alright, well that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. For myself and Jessica, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.